This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Today, the scripture reading is taken from uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and chapter 24, verses 36 to 48. Uh, give us a moment to grab our Bibles uh, from our bags. Uh, You can follow with your Bible that you have on hand, or you can follow the passage on the screen. Okay, I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Many have undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Luke chapter 24, verse 36 to 48. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, And he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of our living God. Okay, let's go to God and pray. Dear Father, as we come before you today, we truly want to thank you for today. We are commissioning Shirley to be our missionary to go to Cambodia. Dear Father, we pray that as we come to your word today, you truly remind us uh, how significant it is that she is going to Cambodia because she'll be bringing your word, your word of salvation and forgiveness of sins to these people in Cambodia. And truly, this is in fulfillment of the plan of yours that truly all people will come to know Jesus and be saved. And we pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, I heard that uh, a friend of mine from my old church had died. He was actually in my old Bible study group. Uh, it was a group that I started, and he'd been one of the first members to join. He was only 45 years old. He left behind a loving wife and an eight-year-old daughter. In September last year, he was diagnosed with uh, sarcoma, a rare tissue cancer, and he went through four or five rounds of chemotherapy, but less than six months later, he was dead. At the funeral, everyone was very sad, but none more than his parents. They were overcome with grief. Always tragic when parents have to attend their children's funerals. For them, death was like a a rude awakening. 
a violent intruder, a dark, oppressive cloud that had come into their lives and they knew that their lives would never be the same again. Now, in these situations, when sitting with grieving friends, relatives, and parents, there's no place to talk about the things that we normally talk about, things like wellness or wealth, hopes and dreams and aspirations. Those topics are all out of bounds. Right? Because really, at the very end, for all of us, uh, these words about wellness, wealth, hopes, dreams, and aspirations, they become like nothing, right? They fade to nothing. But the only thing that really matters, the only thing that really endures and comforts and consoles during this time is not our words, but the words of God. Because when all is said and done, that's all we're left with, the words of God. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been studying the Gospel of Luke. And like every other book in the Bible, there's a logical flow of ideas in the book of Luke. There's key themes which are being expanded upon. God is not a God that sort of throws together random ideas into chapters, and they're kind of like a just jumbled mess. But rather, within these books, there's a logical coherence, a logical unity, a thing that binds them together, almost like a melody in a song. Now, one of these key themes that we see in the book of Luke is this repeated use of the Word of God, the Word of God. Now, right in the very first four verses of the book of Luke, uh, we are already told by Luke that he has written an orderly account for us, right? He's systematic, not random. It's thoughtful, not careless. It is organized, not disconnected. And so when he writes this uh, gospel of his, one of the themes that he keeps repeating on is the word, the word. And so right at the very beginning in verse 2, he tells us that his source material, the stuff that he draws from to write his gospel, are from witnesses, eyewitnesses, and servants of the word. And so we see here that the first disciples, the first Christians, are described as servants of the word. And we're really given a clue, right, that this idea of the word is going to be really, really important. And we see that because right in the very next section, we see people rejecting the word and people receiving the word. So, right at the very beginning, we see Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, in a sense, hearing the word from the angel, but rejecting it. And we see Mary, the mother of Jesus, receiving the word and accepting it. And their replies to the word given by the angel is really, really important, right? Because we see that as a result, Zechariah cannot speak, right, until John the Baptist is born. But yet Mary is, in a sense, very blessed because she believes and receives the word. So let's spend a moment now looking at exactly the words, in a sense, which is so important for us to look at in this interaction between the angels or the angel, sorry, and their respective recipients, right? Elizabeth and, uh, sorry, and sorry, Mary and Zechariah. So in chapter 1, verse 35, it says, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. 
For no word of God, sorry, no word of God, oops, for no word of God, how come it doesn't work? Or maybe I have to do it the other way, sorry. For no word of God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Look at what the interaction is between the angel and Zechariah. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. But now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. And so right at the very beginning, we see this theme of the words of God. And what do we learn about the words of God? Several really important things, right? That the word of God will never fail. That the word of God will be fulfilled. And the word of God will come true at its proper time. And so as we go through the book of Luke, because of the characteristics of the word of God, the fact that it doesn't fail, it will be fulfilled, and it comes true at its proper time, means for those who hear the word of God and receive the word of God and accept the word of God, there is blessing. But for those who reject the word of God, they do not believe and they do not obey the word of God, then there is bad things, tragedy, woe. So as we've been going through the book of Luke so far, we've been seeing that it's not just Mary and Zechariah who are the people who receive or do not receive the word of God, but also, remember last week, the tax collectors who receive the word of God from Jesus, but the Pharisees rejected the word of God. We see sinners who receive the word of God, but the teachers of the law who reject the word of God. And then we, saw, we will see the Roman centurion who will receive the word of God, but then some of the crowds who reject the word of God. Now, this is shown in its sharpest relief, right? In its clearest implication uh, in the passage that we will learn next week when Jesus speaks to the crowd and he tells them this parable. Jesus says to the crowd, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put it into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. And so today, as we look at the different responses to the word, the word of God, the word that Jesus speaks, we see why it's so important for Shirley to be going to Cambodia. Why it's so important for us to be commissioning her today. What are we commissioning Shirley to do? What is she going to Cambodia for? She's going there to share the word of God to the people of Cambodia so that they too will have the opportunity to hear the word of God to receive the word of God and to be blessed by the word of God as we have been. In many ways, surely it's like how the earliest Christians were described in Luke chapter 1, verse 2, right? She is 
a servant of the word. She's there to serve the word, to bring the word to people, to share the word with people so that they too will be blessed by God. Now, many years ago, seems like a long, long time ago when I was in theological college, uh, I had a young, young lecturer who was uh, in charge of my missions. So as part of missions, we would go and share the gospel with like, people in their houses, right? And I remember this young lecturer who is now the principal, he was telling us how he had once stood in front of this, of this beautiful house. And he was looking through the gate, and in this beautiful house were many cars. There was a swimming pool, there were many rooms, there was a wonderful, beautiful view. And so like, he was asking himself, you know, why should I press the buzzer to try to talk to the people inside? Because after all, they have everything you could want in this world, right? I mean, you've got many cars, beautiful house, great view, right? many rooms. But then he realized to himself that they may not have one very important thing, which was the Word of God. Because if you don't have the Word of God in Jesus, then you don't have everything, but you have nothing. And that's exactly why Shirley is going to the people of Cambodia. Because she's bringing something of infinite value. Something of, of eternal value, of significance. Because what we've learned in the book of Luke is, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're Cambodian or Singaporean, it doesn't matter whether you're Chinese or whether you're Cambodian, everyone needs to hear the word of God. Everybody needs to be able to have the opportunity to receive the Word of God and to believe it so that they will be blessed. But the question that we really have to ask is why? Why is the Word of God so important that Shirley has to give up, you know, not give up, but I mean, being a teacher and going to Cambodia, right? Why does she have to, to go to Cambodia? What, what, what is so important about the Word of God? Well, again, as we look at the passage, we realize, oops, I forgot this picture, but it doesn't matter, you, you, you got the picture anyway, right? That, that as we look at the Bible, the word of God that we find in the book of Luke, it's not just random words of God, but they're very particularized words of God. The words of God that we find, especially in the book of Luke, have to do with the word of God, which relates to salvation, and the Word of God, which relates to forgiveness in Jesus Christ. So again, Luke chapter 3, right? Very, very early in the book of Luke, we are already told what sort of Word of God Luke is really interested in, in his book. What is the Word of God that is going to be the focus of the preaching of John the Baptist and of Jesus? And both of those uh, words come from the prophet Isaiah, in the Old Testament. So here we see Luke chapter 3, and we see the mission statement of John the Baptist. And what does it say? In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip Tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. 
He went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. So what is the mission of John the Baptist? It is the Word of God which is centered and focused on the forgiveness of sins and God's salvation. Right? That's what's going to be the main center of attraction. That's the main thing, the big idea of the Word of God that we find here in the book of Luke. In the very next chapter, Jesus, he tells us what his mission statement is. And so, again, he goes to the prophet Isaiah. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then, as an addition, he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now we learned that the year of the Lord's favor was the 50th year for God's people in Israel. It was the year where all debts were canceled and all slaves were set free. Now this is a really big deal, right? Uh, obviously for some of you young people, you never had debts. But it's great when people forgive your debts, you know, especially if you've got big debts. And if you're a slave, it's even greater, right? Because you get set free. And so for, for, for God's people, the 50th year really came to represent the shorthand of God's forgiveness, God's grace, and God's mercy. And so what was Jesus here to do? He was here to proclaim God's forgiveness, God's grace, and God's mercy. And so the Word of God in the book of Luke is fundamentally about salvation to nations and God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's mercy in Jesus Christ. Now this wonderful Word of God is not intended to be locked up in the church, right? It's not meant to be reserved for the exclusive few. It's not meant to be hidden for the privileged minority. But Jesus goes out, as we see in the book of Luke, and actively seeks out people to share this word. He wants to share this word of salvation and forgiveness. So last week, we saw him going to the tax collectors, going to the sinners, eating at their houses. Why? Because he's not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that's why Shirley is going to Cambodia. Right? She's going to Cambodia because she's following in the very footsteps of our Lord and God, Jesus, and going out to the people who need to hear the Word of God. They need to hear about salvation. They need to hear about forgiveness in Jesus. Now, obviously, we can't all go to Cambodia, but we can partner with Shirley. We can pray with her. We can give money to support her. We can continue to encourage her 
in so many ways because we are partner with her in bringing this word to the people who need to hear it. Now, it's so important that the world needs to hear the word of God of salvation and forgiveness of sins. Uh, I've been going to the same barber for many, many years, right? That's why I always look the same, okay? Now, this barber is of a different religion, and I've really struggled to figure out how to share God's word of salvation and forgiveness of sins to him, you know, because he's the one that holds the sharp razor, you know, and beware of the person who holds the person of the sharp, you know, holds the sharp razor close to your, to your neck, right? But a few months ago, I figured out how to do it. We, he was cutting my hair, and I told him that someone in my church was sad because they had sinned. And I told him that I told this guy at church that it's okay because Jesus has forgiven you. And I thought, okay, that's great, right? Because he didn't cut me. I'm still here today. My throat is still all right. All right? Maybe he shaved me a bit closer that day. But that's so important, right? Because people need to hear God's word about salvation and forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Now, as we go along in the book of Luke, we see that the blessings and the woes come to those who receive the word and reject the word because on one hand, receiving the word gets you forgiveness. But rejecting the word leaves you in sin. Receiving the word gives you salvation, but rejecting the word leaves you judgment. And so because the word of God is about this topic, you know, infinitely eternal, important topics of salvation, forgiveness, sin, and judgment. That's why, that's why our, our dear sister Shirley is, 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 is giving her life to, to go to Cambodia. It's, you know, it's worth what she's doing because the topic of the Word of God is of such infinite importance and value that it is worth going to people that you've never met before and loving them and sharing it with them. Now, the Bible also tells us in the book of Luke the theme of fulfillment. Right, one way of finding out what the big theme is or the big I guess a unifying thought of a passage is when you look at the beginning of the book and you look at the end, the same ideas are being repeated, right? The same vocabulary is being repeated. And we see the same thing here in the book of Luke. At the very beginning of Luke, in the very first verse, it talks about how Luke says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Fulfilled among us. At the very last chapter of Luke, Luke chapter 24, same word appears, right? Same word appears. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be that word again, right? Same word, same word family, fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. But it doesn't end there. Because in verse 47, part of the fulfillment of God's plan is that repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
See, what is your view of history? How do you view history? How do you understand time and history? For some religions, they think that time and history is circular, right? You're born, you live, you die, you're reincarnated. It all starts over again. You're born, you live, you die, get reincarnated. It just keeps going around in a circle. Or maybe people who don't believe in God, who are atheists, they believe that all history is just chaos. It's just random and accident. But as Christians, we believe that there's a progression in history. There is direction in history. There is a plan and purpose in history. And it is God who has a plan and purpose. And God sovereignly, in His power, in His omniscience, in His, uh, you know, his, his, in his overall shape of all these things that we do not understand, brings things to pass in fulfillment of His plan. But what a wonderful privilege it is because as Christians, God has actually condescended to let us know some of His plans, right? He lets us know about what He's going to do and He fulfills them. And we see that in the book of Luke, right? The birth of John the Baptist, the birth of Jesus, the ministries that they do, all these things are fulfillment of God's sovereign plan. That's why the angel said, the things that I've said to you will come true at its proper time. So the time that we live in now, the proper time that we live in is for us to be sharing the word of forgiveness of sins. That's what it says here, isn't it? This is the time that we live in. We don't live in the time of Jesus dying and rising again. We live in the time for which repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations. And so what Shirley is doing is not just like taking it upon herself to take her own initiative to go but she's actually fulfilling, part, being part of the fulfillment of God's plan to bring the, good, the word of God, the word of salvation, the word of God's forgiveness to all the nations. Now, I think that this doesn't just speak to Shirley, this speaks to all of us, right? Because it is not like, okay, we send Shirley as our first full-time missionary and we can all feel good about ourselves, you know? But we are actually partners with Shirley, we may not be in Cambodia. We may not learn Cambodian. We may never be able to sing that song. But we can pray for her. We can support her. We can encourage her. In so many ways, right? We are together with Shirley as part of God's plan and bring it to its fulfillment. Many years ago, there was, a, there was this guy that came to preach in our church called Rory Bell. I'm sure you all can't remember him, but he's a big... South African guy, right? I mean, like, higher than my hand, I think. Okay, you don't want to play rugby with him. Uh, and he was a huge guy, if you remember. And he, he, he said that, um, you know, think of all the things we have here, the chairs, the, the curtains, this building itself. Think about all the things that you have that you value. And he said, you know, it's all gone just like that. Because when Jesus comes, they will all be Burnt up, right? It will be replaced by the new heavens and the new earth. Now, when Jesus comes again, the only thing that really matters is how people responded to the word of God. Right? Whether they heard, whether they received, whether they believed the word of God, which is centered on salvation and forgiveness in Jesus, that will be the only thing that endures for eternity. 
And so today, when we're having this commissioning service, it's not just you know, something that's trivial or something that, you know, it's just one of those things that we have, but it's something really recognizing that what we're doing, what Shirley is doing, is of eternal significance. It is of infinite value. If it's, it is of timeless immortality. All right, so we really want to give thanks to God for uh, allowing this to happen and, 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 and give thanks to God that we can partner with Shirley and OMF uh, to bring the Word of God to Cambodia. So let's go to God in prayer. Dear Father, as we come before you today, we truly want to commit Shirley into your hands. We thank you that indeed she is a servant of the Word. Dear Father, we want to commit her into your hands that as she goes to Cambodia, you will keep her faithful in Christ, you will persevere her in faith during the good times and bad times. We pray that you give her opportunities to share your word, uh, to tell people the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, uh, that you'll be working through the Holy Spirit in the people's hearts so that they will be blessed as we have seen in the book of Luke. Dear Father, we do pray for ourselves here in Singapore that we will support her in all the ways possible by prayer and financial support, by uh, encouraging her, par- uh, her mother and her family so that she, she doesn't feel um, too concerned and in every way to uh, really be part of fulfilling that plan that you have promised in Luke 24 uh, to bring the, f- the good news of forgiveness of sins uh, to all nations. We pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.